0: On tonight's episode of The Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if the new Walking Dead is the same as the old Walking Dead, if Mark Hamill's trickster can elevate the 1990 Flash, and if last week's episode of The Boys got Cassie, me, to watch this week's episode. All of that and more on the all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. It's also the only show on the internet where we respect shows so much, we gotta say the word show at least 18 times in the title. My name is Cassie, I will be the host of said show, which means I'm here to just, like, lead us along as we go through all this comic book TV, all these other shows, but of course, any good show... Need some more co hosts, need some more people. One podcast with one person, not good. I'm going to say that right now. But three people, probably the right amount. So, here joining <laughs> me as always on this show is my good friend, Ryan.
1: Uh, this is the time of the year that we do have to point out why you have to say every week comic book show based on the comic book or comic book property. Because now it's a long line of Walking Deads that. Art's really based on the comic book, but we're going to talk about them anyway.
2: Just shambling along.
0: Yeah, this is where like we had to fill in this like clause because like nobody wants these, but they've made so many offshoots because they refuse to let it die, that now we have to say we cover just anything based, solely tied at any point to a comic book, like we're going to cover it. We're going to talk about it. And I, of course, another good friend of mine, Mike, how do you feel about these shows? All these good shows.
2: I, in general, I'm pro show. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that about me. Uh, pro show, Mike is what they call me, and uh, the greatest showman I've been called uh, as well. Are you the- Are you waiting
1: for somebody to talk into your headset or you, like or your cue cards? This you feel like you're vamping so hard right now. Yeah, our
2: intern is just scribbling like like we got last minute rewrites for some reason. So I'm just trying to vamp as much as we can. We got a great show for you tonight. <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion is our musical guest. Um, she's a savage. And, but tonight specifically, no, I'm not a fan of most of the shows, uh, yeah. because it, it is crazy to think that AMC got put on the map with Mad Men and Breaking Bad, and then The Walking Dead was one of their, was their, like, third tri- in the trio, and that's the one they continue to go on.
1: Hey, it was Mad Men, Breaking Bad, and Hammer. I think it's oh. important for every single network that we bring up that Hammer was the show that started it all.
2: Hammer was on all of the networks at one point. Yes. That, that's why it failed is that one episode was on each network.
0: <laughs> we do have a lot of shows that we don't necessarily want to talk about. So I want to give us, you know, this intro to talk about, like, what's something we enjoy? Let's just get a little bit of joy up front right here. What's something that we just want to talk about?
1: Oh. Like uh, snack packs?
0: Uh, f- and, uh, I w- snack packs? Gushers? Yeah. I'm into talking about some snacks. I Favorite don't snack mean, pack like...
1: The art of going down on somebody's butt and calling it it snack packing. I mean, little cups of pudding.
2: I'm a fan of both. I think you should mash that together. Get that. I mean, they have new flavors. It's not just like chocolate or tapioca like we had growing up. Now there's like salted caramel. Put that right in a butthole. Snack pack the shit out of that.
0: Why when I leave it open to you guys I'm like let's just have some fun let's talk about some shit that we all enjoy you, said, you guys
2: What brings us joy? Yeah, <laughs> I, I see like it didn't pack and snacks. God when damn.
1: I when I do this type of snack packing Mike, I don't even have to buy the gushers I create the gushers if you know what I mean. <laughs>
2: no that's gross that's gross man. <laughs> There's a if line If you know what I mean.
0: Is, that <laughs> is too far. Can't we I would just love to talk about some good snacks how we traded snacks at like the table in middle school
2: uh, you would have had to have friends then and I mostly ate boiled eggs chopped up into a salad so mm. I get why nobody would want to trade with me. But my favorite adult snack is mango yogurt gummies from Trader Joe's.
0: Ooh, yeah, I'm still excited to try those. And I am I do love little tidbits of your life. I really hope that's true. I could see. I'll it go get the bag so right
2: well.
1: now. <laughs> uh when I was I'm in middle school, I, I set up like a whole underground thing where um you would have to come to my table if anybody wanted to trade snacks, and I would get nice. a little piece of each of the... Ac- I would take a little bite out of every snack that was traded across <laughs> my table.
2: You were the kingpin. I love it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> An entrepreneur from day one. Respect Also, they United. had to snack pack me. God <laughs> damn it. All right, well, uh, you know, I tried in this intro, but we're just going to talk about some shows that are entirely too much show. Like for the main event, we are covering the finale of The Walking Dead. But before that, we're going to talk more about the 1990s Flash. We are continuing from last week. The show we used to fill up some time, with the nineteen nineties flash. We are now going to be getting to the best part of it. So Ryan, can you fill us in on what we watched?
1: CBS and the showrunners wanted to keep the villains in the show just like they were in the pilot, "quote unquote" realistic criminals. <laughs> you guys remember you know, those
2: Scarface ex-cops who hang out with gangsters?
1: <laughs> motorcycle, iPad, motorcycle grenade machete, launchers, <laughs> realism. <laughs> They wanted the Flash to be the only comic book element. But then they got a call from Mark Hamill. They got a call from Mark Hamill, who said that if they ever wanted to put the trickster on the show, they should give him the part. So the showrunner said, fuck it. They hired Hamill, gave him a bright costume, and began having costume villains throughout the run of the show. Hamill was drawn to the character because he was a sociopath, which meant he could almost be a different character each scene. Also, Hamill liked that the trickster had flying shoes. Flying <laughs> shoes. Flying shoes. Making him a literal flying shoes. What do you do if you? Where do you go if you're flying? S- you're a Skywalker. He's a Skywalker. Just oh, oh. so everybody knows, that is Mark Hamill's joke I found during research and not something that I made up.
0: <laughs> well, it's crazy to see that you guys have the same
1: humor. Taste buds. Mark Hamill's portrayal of the trickster has become the stuff of legend, most likely leading to him becoming the Joker on BTAS and is definitely the most memorable aspect of the show. What did you guys see in these two episodes, The Trickster and Trial of the Trickster, that backs that up?
2: Uh, the laugh. like it, it, I feel like you see him slowly becoming the Joker in The Trickster, the first episode he shows up in, and there's one point where he like almost turns to the camera and he gets the low and guttural more than he has the rest of the episode. He goes, there's no substitute for the real thing. And you're like, oh, you found your Joker voice in that line right there. <laughs> yeah. And it gave me chills, like, because that's such an iconic performance. But it is, like, he he is a rubber-faced guy and you don't think about that when you think of him just as Luke Skywalker. Yeah. But, like...
1: I mean, Luke Skywalker, if that's the only thing that you know, you're know you known for, regardless of who you are as an actor, that is kind of a bummer because he... he it, it's a good performance because it serves its purpose, right? It's so two-dimensional and vanilla, and uh, it's both. It's basically supposed to be our eyes through the rest of the world. But that mm-hmm. sucks if, like, that's the only chance that we ever get to know how talented this person is.
2: Yeah, it, it, this is his argument for I could have been Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what the <laughs> trickster feels like. He's pissed that his first role was so vanilla.
0: Yeah, I could see that for sure, because he is just, like, he's so over the top in a way that, like it completely fits for him but he is in a different like playing field as everyone else on screen like he is like you could see that he loved the opportunity to be a different person cuz you almost get him like every time you come back to him there's like a new little like characteristic to him he's just like completely in character and loving it
1: not to shit on this but and like i d- i did think it was awesome i thought it was so much better than the pilot you know it had it had lower production values but mm-hmm. more like heart and fun Um, But I do think that he was still a step away. Like, the Joker is fully, fully realized, right? And we still talk about how, like, even with Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger, this is, and Jared Leto, uh, our Joker king, um, this is the Joker that we always go back to. Here, it's a little bit, it's like half Joker, half Jiminy Glick. (laughs) Like, this is how he
2: goes (laughs) to you.
1: But but, what, what I liked about that
2: is that because he's just Jesse the bank robber at first. Like, he has kind of a Western full name, like Jesse Tyler James or something. Uh, he, he's just a dude, and then he sees the Flash. And he, it truly is the whole, like, everybody puts Batman, like, the criminals turned into what they are because of you. He sees the Flash and goes, oh, I got this. Yeah. And then by the time we get to the trial, he has amped up his trickster persona even more. His hair is a thousand colors. It's ten feet high. Like, he's amped up the costume.
1: That whole, there would be no Joker or Riddler without Batman is something that is often said because people think it sounds smart, but it's rarely explained. And I think that these two episodes do a lot of, I'd almost like, and we can get into a lot of it, but almost like, um, like critical theory of (laughs) comic books and superheroes and supervillains. And it's because they have Mark Hamill and he'll take care of the performance and then they can do a lot of other stuff, which I thought was interesting. Let's get back to the thing that Cassie said, which was the changing, at least through the first episode. So it's the trickster is half, comes halfway through the season. That's where we meet him. And then the trial of the trickster is the final episode of the season ever. And I'm guessing that was because they got so many letters, like handwritten, mailed to the post office letters, because it was uh, 1990, about how great Mark Hamill was that they brought him back in the first episode that we meet him. He does really feel like he is a different character every time. And Mm -hmm. at first, I sort of thought it was bad. Like, oh, nobody nobody on the set knows what they're doing. Cassie, did it ring true for you? Did you like it? Or was it off-putting?
0: For, like, I think it sounds like it should be off-putting, but I was completely fine with it. Like, the off-putting part was when they put, like, Barry turned to his side. And Barry had to play with him. Like that was the only off putting part. Like, but as far as the joke like the trickster, like completely in for like his madness. And I don't know if it's just because like you said the budget went down, but I feel like all the budget went into like all of his toys and his cars. And like that's where like the entire show budget went, and they just went so over the top with that. Like it also helped in that aspect.
1: Let me ask you this, Cassie, then. Are you off putting now that you've heard me and Mike talk about snack bags? Or yes, do you think that you're done with it okay that makes mm, yeah, sense yeah i'm done mike what about you did you did you feel like he was arcing or doing a thing on purpose or did it feel random
2: it, it felt not arcing because arcing is like a lateral thing but it, it really did feel like a guy figuring out like the world is different i can't just be a normal bank robber and then trying to figure out he knew he knows trickster he knows the name he is aiming for and trying to nail down what that public persona should be
1: i love that and, i i think that happens with super villains and Comic book creators of like, I look, I like the name. I don't know why. I don't know what it means yet, I li- but I like the name of the character that I have created. And then you just got to figure that out around it, right?
2: Yeah. And he kept saying, Nobody tricks the trickster, but it, I didn't think anybody did trick the trickster. Did, like, Flash just punches him and then he goes to jail. And he's like, Nobody tricks the trickster. I'm like, You're right, bro. Nobody did. <laughs> but like, Prank as a name makes way more sense because I don't know if he's pulling tricks on people, but he is pranking everybody like his sidekick's name is.
1: And that's such uh, a perfect psychic name. Of it just has to be like a little smaller than the yeah. the non psychic. Like the the head of the company is the trickster, and then you're like prank, okay, yeah, prank. Um, and the
2: two pranks were Megan, like the super I don't know New York Bostonian cop who is uh the Flash's girlfriend, sort of girlfriend, uh, and then the crazy lady who just falls in love with Jesse through letters, I assume.
1: Okay, so that's. Before we get to uh, prank, the like Kareen Bower, Boer, who is in the trial of the Trickster, and then also in the CW Flash series. Let's get to Joyce Heiser. Joyce Heiser is the person that James Jesse Mark Hamill is in love with. Um, I think like he uh, he grows to fall in love with her, and then also Barry is in love with her, and then also Barry is in love with the Doctor. But just as uh, as like this New York cop personality, Cassie, I'll go to you. How do how do you think that she fit into the world of the Flash?
0: I don't know how she fit into it. It was hard. Like that, those aspects were always like the hardest parts to watch because she was just like so over the top. Like I do love that. Like they made her like the one like badass person, but then they made it where it was like a like a PR grab everything she did. So yeah. it was just like, it just kind of sucked where, like, she was cool. And then she was just, they were just like, look at women always trying to get power and status. And I was like, okay, well, let's just go back to Trickster, I guess.
1: It felt like two things. It felt like one, you guys don't have any uh, female characters with agency. So let's make her that. And two, we don't know what type of uh, city capital city is or what is it, central city? Mm-hmm. And so, she, like, the whole time, she's like, hey, I'm busting bad guys. Let's go to a Broadway show, and I'm going to eat a meatball sandwich. I'm going to throw it at Duncan. your head.
2: Uh, but what I liked in an episode we did not see, obviously, because in the trickster, the first episode, she talks about how she figured out who Barry was. So it was that like Tim Drake vibe of she's such a good detective, she put it together. Yeah. Uh, So I liked that aspect of her. And I liked the ball busting, like, and it felt like modern relationship because he's like very square. And he's like, and now we should be engaged. And she's like, nah, I'm going to keep doing my thing.
1: Uh, I mean, what about the fact, though, that, you know, we we dipped in and out of the series. So we're not exactly sure how Barry and uh, again, her name is Dr. McGee, how that relationship Mm -hmm. worked out. But is Barry a fucking asshole to her?
2: Yes, yes, especially in the, the the first, I guess in both, but in the Trickster episode, this is when Barry as a Dog came out, because he still seems to be flirting and trying to, like, make plans with Dr. McGee, but then also making dates with Megan. Like, yeah. it was interesting to see, like, a hero be a dirtbag. Like, it did not feel like the show was necessarily on his side.
0: Yeah, they had, like, straight up, there was a line in there where, like, so, um, the detective or whatever, the the super, like, New York one. Uh, when she gave him, like, uh, she told him to, like, go somewhere, it, like, flashed to him talking to his friend, who those two together super suck, but he was straight up, like, a woman (laughs) told me what to do, and I was like, what the fuck is this show doing?
1: (laughs) Oh, man, even the toughest, ballsiest, brassiest woman that's ever been on the show, who should be able to tell all of us what to do, even when Mm -hmm. she says it, they're like, oh, this bitch. Who gives a shit?
2: But, like, I like it, because she saves him, in both episodes, like, even though she's, like, is PR obsessed in the trial of the trickster, uh, she ends up, like, her her root is not being with Barry. It's remembering what she likes about being a detective. It's not book deals. It's solving crimes and kicking ass. I, I she's mean, awesome.
1: I think that you can sum up the entire, not just the entire series of The Flash, but the entire, like, essence of white maleness. So let's get to the, the trial of the trickster now. Um, so Joyce Heiser, comes. the detective, comes back to town and now she's a celebrity and Barry's like hey do you want to hang out and she's like I'm a little busy and he storms off like he's in a restaurant and he fucking storms off in a huge pout and then Dr. Tina McGee comes up and it's like you don't know what you're doing to him by saying that you're a little bit busy that is hurting his feelings so bad
2: (laughs) what's crazy is it also feels at at that point that they were fully in a relationship Yeah, him and Tina seemed like on a date when Megan rolled into town and she's still like I guess I'll team up with uh, Megan and tell her how much she's hurting Barry.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was a weird dynamic between the two. Like, it was so hard to confuse. Like, There's always love triangles, but this is the most confusing love triangle I've seen on screen for a while.
2: Did uh, Did you like that one that they let the trickster wear his costume into his trial, into and trial? then that Megan beat the shit out of him in the middle of the trial?
0: Oh, yeah. I was all about that love that I loved that like the um the chick who falls prank who ends up being prank like her to get him out brought out that little like wacky teddy bear like the whole aesthetic mm-hmm. of like their duo love that and to just have like her still be a badass like uh, and get to like punch him just in the middle of it all she's straight up like there's so many cops there and she's like I got this I'll deck this dude
2: in in that episode I think you kind of mentioned this already Cassie in that episode he the trickster turns Barry bad, like he mm. brainwashes him, and then he doesn't want to hang out with Prank, the lady who saved his life anymore. He just wants to hang out with his new bud, Barry. Yeah. Uh, how did you think uh, John Wesley Shipp, who plays the Flash, how did you how did you like Bad Flash?
0: Dude, Bad Flash was a lot to get through. Like, at first, like, I love how they show, so you know that everybody knows he's bad, is that he has funny little boots on, like decorative boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, I guess he's turned But like just he it felt like when like a dad goes through a divorce and tries to be the fun guy (laughs) and he like picks up like juggling or something, like that's what it felt like every time he was on screen. He was just like, Look at I'm funny and wacky, I know how to juggle and it was it was a lot.
1: But I think that like that was in the trial of the trickster, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to you have to give credit to Mark Hamill. Like John Wesley's ship, based on what we saw from the pilot would not even, like, that's so beyond what he's capable of if 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 this happened at the pilot time. It was Mark Hamill right. coming on and being like, hey, act like this, be a kook, it's super fun, in order to get, like, and I, I'm not saying it's great or even remotely comparable to what Mark Hamill did, but it was so fun to watch him, like, him learn from Mark Hamill, you know?
2: Yeah, it felt like Batman 66, sometimes in a good way, sometimes, like, it didn't succeed. But I like that they, they, they tried it that they try to expand John Wesley's ship in the in the end.
1: Uh, let's So let's get to prank. Um, somebody does fall, which I guess is common, right? When people like Charlie Manson has been married a bunch of times from prison. Yeah. When people go to prison, they get on death row, then girls start to fall in love. And Corrine uh, Barrer is uh, the person who falls in love here, helps him escape. She is prank. Do you guys think that this... So we talked about how Mark Hamill gave way to the Joker in Beats has. Do we think that this gave way to one Harley Quinn? It, the idea certainly
2: did. It feels like they're like, oh, we could do that, but like, she did not, I guess, either have enough to do, or didn't do enough with what she got to like, you can't see the seed there other than like, what if Joker had a girlfriend?
1: Who was Amen. also Looney Tunes.
2: It was Looney Tunes and was treated like shit by the Joker. Like, it did feel like the, the type of relationship prototype is laid out here.
1: I'm not saying that should like paul dini be arrested for plagiarism i'm saying that if there's one thing that we can take from prank is it that she planted some seeds
2: yeah i'd buy that for sure and that the trickster and then the joker it doesn't really care about the woman who loves them they just want to play with their masked nemesis slash best friend
0: (laughs) they just want boys night and to have the women save them (laughs) and then treat them like trash
1: but yeah, I mean, that's it, too. Like, uh, any sidekick, really, like, you can just throw over a cliff at any point. They don't matter. But it seems, especially <laughs> with the female sidekicks, like, they're really... You, you sort of, like, make them fall in love with you and make them as loyal as possible just so you have someone to kick or step on their back right. when you're down, right? Yeah. And that's, that's maybe the most Harley Quinn thing about her besides her costume. All right, guys, there's one. Oh, before we get to the end, uh, I want to talk about the trickster. I think the most important part of these two episodes was the tricksters screaming about not pulling the Flash's mask off. Yeah. And I don't know if that stood out, but I think it's important because, one, this is now like sort of a hack thing that all villains say. And that's really only to get the writers out of a corner, you know, Mm -hmm. like because we don't want to reveal their secret identity. But in reality, The Trickster was like, if I pull that off, I'm not going to see John Wesley Ship because I don't know who that is. I'm not going to see Barry Allen, because I also don't know who that is. I'm just going to see The Flash as a man, and that would devastate me. Did that work for you guys? I I think so, because he said, without the
2: mask, he's nothing. Just a boring, average, insignificant jerk no one cares about. And because we got to watch The Trickster become The Trickster, it really does feel like he's also talking about himself. If he sees that The Flash is just a dude, he has to think about that he is just a dude doing all this weird stuff.
0: Yeah, it's one hundred percent. It worked. Yeah, it's just in line with that. If we didn't see the trickster like make his persona based off the name, like how we said and everything, like it probably wouldn't have. But to know that, like this whole dude's being is just based off of playing a role, and so is like his nemin- nemesis now, and they're t- so tied together. Like, obviously, he knows exactly what his life is, and he needs this dude to be the flash.
1: And I think it speaks so well to the source material, you know? As Bill said, as Bill-yum said in Kill-yum, Bill-yum, Volume 2-yum, uh, Marvel Comics are, you know, Peter Parker is Peter Parker and then has to be Spider-Man, you know? Bruce Banner is Bruce Banner and it sucks that he has to be a Hulk. But in DC, it's the opposite, you know? Like, Superman plays as Clark Kent, Bruce or uh, Batman plays as uh, Bruce Wayne, and in this too, the trickster and the flash, the trickster knows that the flash and the trickster are both bigger than whoever the fuck they are, whatever the fuck their moms named them. You know, DC right. always elevates the alias above the actual person. Yeah, I thought that worked. Uh, all right. Final thing. Did you guys, what, how did you guys feel about the last shot we'll ever see of 1990s flash, which is flash running through central city as two people are putting up a sign that says central city home of the flash.
2: It's a cute ending.
0: Yeah, it was cute. It just felt like a bummer for them. Like you could see all the high hopes they had. Like they were just like it seems like them really branding and being proud of like look at what we've done and then to know that it doesn't move on felt a little sad.
1: Yeah, that is true. Like <laughs> we know that this is you will not be ever be entering Central City again. I guess maybe this sounds petty, but the reason I wanted to bring it up is because the guys were putting up a sign and there was people moving all over the place and then they clearly hit pause on everyone. Everyone just froze. Like you hit pause on your VCR and then the flash ran through the thing and then they hit unpause. Sometimes, uh, especially like post-pilot episodes, the graphics sort of let us down. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, in the end, do you think Mark Hamill turned the flash into what it should have been the entire time or do you guys prefer the pilot sort of like style?
2: No, Hamill style flash for sure. And it makes me mad because he showed up a couple times as the trickster, the trickster's dad and CW flash. It feels like they've misused him and the character of the trickster. All of it could have been way cooler.
0: Yeah, this was 100% like he elevated it. It made it way more enjoyable. So it brought it to what it could have been and then put it to his rest.
1: There's a third flash movie. So there was the pilot, and then there's the two trickster episodes, and then there's a third one where they take two other episodes and put them together. And I was hoping that we could watch that for next week, especially because of how positive you guys seem on The Flash from 1990. But unfortunately, I was overruled, and we'll get to that later, of what we have to watch instead. And let me just say, I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry.
2: What, what is the third movie about? Who's the, who's the bad guy or whatever?
1: It's like there's this old-school Batman-esque like he he's uh used to be around in like the forties and then he fl- the flash goes to him and it has something to do with like ghosts and computers I don't know
0: man cool yeah. sounds pretty interesting but we'll never know our opinions but on we'll it sadly because we got to wrap this up we got to talk about the Walking Dead coming up next <laughs> on the season ten finale of the Walking Dead we saw what the Hobbit would have been like if it featured zombies instead of hobbits because every everybody is just walking places but in an exciting turn. They are walking places in an attempt to lead zombie hordes away. Daryl and De- Negan draw out a horde with some banging rock tunes, which gives Daryl the chance to kill Beta. Carol shows that zombies are her parents' worst nightmare as she jumps off a cliff and the horde follows suit. Meanwhile, Princess's crew does not make it in time to meet Stephanie, but instead gets to meet a paintball crew. Tastebuds, I ask you, are you with me in thinking that this finale was boring and had no payoff, or am I just a jaded asshole?
1: I... Uh, maybe i am the jaded asshole maybe i've seen so many boring episodes of this boring ass show that i thought it was pretty enthralling
2: yeah it we've sat through so much of this that we've been jaded and we've swung back around i was surprisingly into a lot of this episode
1: this is like this is what we're all doing as adults which is uh get married stop having sex with your wife or your husband have many affairs, and then you go back and then you have sex with your wife or your husband. You're like, oh, that wasn't so bad, right? That was how novel. That was the kind of fun. thing I was used
2: to.
0: It's such it, a it, depressing it, look you guys have on this. It's just like, you can hear how sad it is. It's just that you, you were broken down by this and now welcome back to it.
2: I think they... Uh they used enough of expectations in their favor because they've done the let's walk through a horde so many times, like, covered in zombie juice. Okay, so I was and a pull
1: of shit there, right? Like, that's happened multiple, multiple times.
2: So many times. Like, yeah, I really do think the last seven seasons, like, it was, like, the end of the farm. They're like, we got to get out. And Rick was like, I got a crazy idea. <laughs> but wait! And so they were doing that, and it, like, took forever. And I was like, this is boring. But then when you find out the whispers are in the hordes and they all have knives and are... And so it's like these deadly silent knife fights and basically it's it's not fight to the death, it's fight to the yell. And, <laughs> and then if you get your com- opponents to yell, they lose hard.
1: And see, this, this is what I was thinking. and Yeah, we've seen it before, Cassie. And I, uh, everything, this show has nothing new to offer. But um, one, the fact that there was non-zombies that look like zombies in with the zombies, zombies that you have to look up for. Like you have to look in their eyes and see if there's actual eyes in there. Uh, and then two, you can't scream. I thought that was pretty cool. And then to have a uh, bow and arrow artiste, some sort of mm-hmm. ranger, up in the raptors, and she's she's shooting uh not to kill, but just to make them scream. And then so they scream, and then like that's what saves the day. That was kind of cool. That's no, pretty brutal.
2: Yeah, it, and and it's them like also. Because bone arrows, I don't know, maybe if you're very skilled, they are highly accurate, but I feel like some of my people also have zombie guts on them. And They're all milling about like zombies, but some of the enemy is also doing that. Like that was tense because I was like, "She's going to shoot one of her friends. It's going to be awesome."
1: And you, you could tell she was good at bow and arrow because she didn't do the thing that I do when I shoot bow and arrow, which is when I shoot it, I am holding an arrow and the bow goes flying.
2: <laughs> but that would somebody would be like, "What the hell?" And then the zombies would get them anyway. Yeah,
1: you can you cannot scream and you cannot say "What the hell" or you're you're <laughs> fucking dead.
0: Or just be hyped that you now have a bow. Like, somebody would just be, yeah, sick bow. And then everybody... Thank
2: you. <laughs> yeah, but then the video game... do 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 happens when you grab it.
0: There is, like... So I feel like they needed to have that person, the ranger, shooting arrows. But they could have also had somebody with, like, a t-shirt cannon to just shove t-shirts into the people's mouths so they couldn't scream. <laughs> and that could be a good take on this. Like, I feel anything, like next season...
1: Anything they can shoot. Uh, like, if there was a pie cannon uh, and that zombies works. got pies in their face... Like a slingshot oh. with little pebbles? Where's the, where's the little pebbles?
2: Some there's so life. many. There's, you, Post-Apocalypse is covered with little, pe- little pebbles. If all the point is to make them scream or make noise, you could definitely have used that. I
1: feel like I that mean, they go weird. around saying like, oh, look at that pile of little pebbles. That was a library. Look at that pile of little pebbles. That was the president. Like, it's all little pebbles.
0: <laughs> if like... All-
2: Little pebbles.
0: If the show got more wacky like that, it might get me on board. Maybe they just need to take like a hard turn into like this instead of being like this dark gritty show. Maybe they just get wacky, and I would be. I it would get me.
1: Good that you mentioned that, Cassie. Yes, because I have a question. Uh, There's a part where Daryl and the crew uh, decide to lead the the zombies away by uh, blasting music from a speaker, and they a house. They choose the song Burning Down the House. Guys, do you know who sang that song?
2: Was it Mike? It's, 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 not, it's Mike and the Talking Deads.
1: It's the Talking Heads. So in the history of music, only one band's name rhymes with the title of this show, and that is the band that they chose. Is that the stupidest thing you have ever heard in your entire goddamn life?
2: Yeah, do you think one of the writers has been pushing that for the last 10 years?
1: Guys, Walking Dead, Talking Dead. Talking Heads, Walking, Talking, Walking Heads. Let's do it.
0: Or maybe it was somebody who, like, if people are, like, super into Sublime these days, like, you gotta be, like, it's your whole personality. And I feel like it's the same (laughs) with the Talking Heads. So this person was just pushing for day one to try to make the Talking Heads, like, back into it. And they finally got their day.
1: What are the top three bands that, like, if you like them, everyone knows automatically? Where it's, like, just basically all of your shit. Jimmy Buffett is one, right? Jimmy, yeah, Buffett's, because you're yeah.
2: gonna, you're gonna have the Margaritaville shirts. Uh, your anniversary dinners are all at the Margarita restaurants. You constantly going fans to the left, fans to the right, which is one of his other songs because he has other songs, guys.
1: And the thing is too is that like. Uh, it's Bad Religion is one of my favorite bands of all time. I've seen them once, and it was like a month ago, and they were all old. If you're a Jimmy Buffett fan, you have seen them 60 or 70 times, or you're not a fucking fan. Get the fuck out of my face.
2: And he's always been old. <laughs> he
1: has <is> always
0: <laughs> been old. He came out the womb old. I also love how proud Mike always lets us know that he knows other Jimmy Buffett songs, and he gets so <laughs> of himself
2: for it. Look, I might be. I, I would not. I do not have the honor of being a parrot head. I, I do think I would get booed out of out of a uh, collective. But I, I do think I was raised by a parrot head, so I, I, I've dabbled. But
1: Cassie, can you just imagine him every morning before show? Just okay, it's showtime, Mike. Look in the mirror, look in the mirror. Today is your day to let them know that you know more songs than just Margaritaville. <laughs> and you're gonna fucking go out and you're gonna make that clear.
2: What what is a bummer is your entire it's, life it's such a is To wake up and still be Mike Gravano is probably the greatest bummer, (laughs) is that like it's such a minuscule, weird thing that I'm like, I've never brought this up on air, but like The Walking Dead, I've been doing this for about a decade, so of course I have. I've done everything I'm going (laughs) to do. I'm
0: trying to think of other, like, I was trying to think of like either the Screamo or the punk band that makes it is a full identity. And I'm torn between either the offspring or like Fallout Boy. They're two different ones. Like the offspring's for the older generation uh, and they go hard.
1: You know what? There's a lot of MCR fans that are just MCR fans. Like that is their entire existence. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it mostly works with like bands from b- the before time. Like I think Grateful yeah. Dead people. Yeah, They're, oh, dead, they're just sure. simply if, Grateful Dead people.
2: If yeah, cause so if if your group if you like a band so you have a name, uh, Juggalos. Yeah. Like, that is definitely oh, a shit, choice. Yeah, ICP, of course. You probably can only be in that economy, not the real global economy. Um, who else? Maggots. Slipknot's like, fans are called maggots. If you're still in the Slipknot, you probably, that's your whole personality. <laughs>
0: I did not know. That was a pull. I didn't know you knew the fans' names.
1: <laughs> my favorite band, so much so that um, it takes over my entire ind- identity, is obviously, let's say it all together, Iron and Wine. Me first. And, the- and we, don't have, we don't have a name for ourselves. What, what are yeah. we, the Winos?
2: The Ironic Winos is what I think I would call you. Name one Iron and Wine song, you fucking poser.
1: Uh, Postal Service.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That Postal Service cover. It was on the Eminem commercial. I
1: loved it.
0: Well, you guys, I guess if we have to go back to The Walking Dead here, is there, like, so you thought this was... Hold on, Cassie. Hold
1: on. Real quick, No, Let's just call out Mike. He was like, oh, I bet you're not even an Iron and Wine fan. I bet he's a piece of shit. And then Mike... To one up me on being a piece of shit, name one of their songs. Who is that... Is that person still alive? Who was like, oh, loose me their credits before I decide that you get a certification <laughs> of being a fan. Bow down, get down on one knee and I will knight you as an iron and wine fan. Do you really well, have that power? You fucking mansplaining fat, white, bro <laughs> piece of shit.
2: I'll say... It's, oh, that reminds me, Pennywise. If you like Pennywise, that's yeah, probably uh, a, a personality-defining thing. Ugh.
0: Yeah, All right, sorry, Cassie, go ahead. One. I don't know, like, I do like to just dunk on Mike this whole time, and uh, he's really making a, a claim for this episode, but there is, so this episode ends, we have Ouch. a new, uh, like, it seems like, so we gotten rid of zombies. They figured out how to get rid of zombies, and it's send them off a cliff or just kind of stab them. So we got uh, the new, like, I don't know, villains or whatever we're coming up with, we see with Princess's crew, and it's just like these, like, like I don't know, civilization that has, like, Dirt bike outfits, like is this, this is who you call on? the
2: paintballers, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is the paintballers, like because but like Star
1: Wars, if if you paintballed yeah. in Star Wars, this is what you, you would wear. I'm
2: paintballing all around the Death Star.
1: <laughs> Which you know, I that would you? Oh, I could e- paintball 3.2 Womp-Rats when I was on the farm.
2: <laughs> I I do think because how coordinated and situated these are, I do think this is the tie to the new show World Beyond because they have a very coordinated group, the Something Republic. And so I think this is their origins because that's like 10 years later.
1: It's also important to point out that I think that this is uh, and I don't think like this is what i uh, the Internet told me after I watched the show that this is the helicopter that came and rescued Rick okay. after we thought he was dead. So there like this is like this is sort of like the company that's putting its thumbs in every this is the most connect uh, aside from zombies. This is the most connecting thing that we have in all of the shows. Yeah. The, yeah. So this CRM, is the connective tissue the
2: yeah. CRM. Which I do not know. Customer relationship manager in my day job. That's what a CRM is. I don't know what it's here.
1: I think it's CRM. It's, it means cash, rules, me.
2: Cash, ramical moments.
1: There you go.
0: Cassie, Ryan, Mike. It's right there. I'm sure actually oh, like bringing us in. Are
2: we the big <laughs> bads of the entire Walking Dead franchise? It's just three people who bully them? <laughs>
0: I'm down I'm in <laughs> just bully them for their music taste and their shitty show
1: I just think that it's our job to be like only comic books no more comic book properties and then we just come in and just destroy every comic book properties uh what's his name Albert Alfred Penny Einstein. Pennywise the clown no what's the fucking <laughs> Pennyworth <laughs> Pennyworth yeah. thank you uh, Pennyworth get the fuck out of here you've been talked to by CRM <laughs>
0: Well, you guys, we are almost out of time to talk about The Walking Dead. Is there any other points you want to make about this exceptional show? Uh,
2: yeah, I do think this is a very sad episode because with Supergirl getting canceled, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming to an end, and then her dramatic death in the Silent Night fights, uh, we have lost Brianna Venskis, who is our, our number one fan... No. We're her number one We're fan. She's been on all fan. of her. She's been on all of her shows, and it does feel like in the end of an era.
1: I feel like I don't know, Mike, if I can get her into the pop filter hall of fame, but I could definitely get her into the superhero show show hall of fame. I have some pull okay. with the curator. Um, I think we should definitely do that because, God, what a what a legacy she is leaving on our shows. And how do we get her on? Do you know?
2: Yeah, is it a good pitch of? You will talk to three people who know and love your career. Like we are the only three. Is that is it like is that bad to nag somebody to get on your show? I mean, hopefully
1: she doesn't hear this, but there aren't. She, as far as she's concerned, there aren't three total. And to tell her that there are three in the same room, uh, I think that would work.
2: And that we've talked about her career for years <laughs> yes, now. <laughs> we we've,
1: we've been watching it as if we were her mom, like posting, <laughs> like sending her like scraps of newspaper about her career. Yeah, we should do this. I'm I just, just I want to know what it's like. Like, what is it? Was it like to die on this show as opposed to die on this show?
0: <laughs> it would for sure work for any of us if there was three people who were like we're fans of you. I would come. It would be a clear trap to a, murder us. Oh, and I would we'd show be up. in a
2: threpple Yeah.
0: <laughs> Doesn't matter how sketchy it is. They'd be like, meet me at midnight in this at this abandoned dock, and I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm into that vibe. <laughs> he said uh,
2: he liked me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Also, Cass, before we go, I do want to shout out to Maggie for coming back in a reveal that was not revealing at all. We all saw it coming. I guess the big reveal is that she is hooked up with, and I don't know if that means just like they're together platonically or unplatonically with a guy who wears a mask and has wrist blades. Um, yeah. And he's very good Post-apocalypse
2: Casey Jones.
1: <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. When, when there's no more sports, Casey Jones will find, or maybe that is based on a post-apocalyptic sport, and I want to watch that sport.
2: <laughs> Bladeheads. heads. <laughs> Wait
0: well, guys, uh The Walking Dead is on AMC. It will always be on AMC when it comes back. Uh forever. Forever. Uh coming up next, we're going to have some fun in the bullpen. <laughs> all right guys we are back we're here for the bullpen where we're just gonna have some fun we're gonna take a quick little break from the walking dead and what is more fun than answering emails it's been a while are you guys excited to hear what our fans have to say what they've been dying they've been writing us for so long and we're finally gonna uh, answer them again
1: i made sure that the board only gave you emails that were about the walking dead
0: oh my god ryan Sorry. That's you do. Keep it on topic. how could you do this to me i thought this was gonna be our break but here we are. Okay. I, we're going to see everything that everybody else has to say about The Walking Dead right now. Our first email addressed to Dear Phoebe the Phoebe, Rudy, and Scary German Guy. Do we... <laughs> Wait, think, hold on. Yep. We got to, of course, figure this one out. They're Scary German Guy, and that's the big
2: get.
1: That's that's Cassie, right?
2: Yeah. She's a Scary German Guy. She's yeah. always telling us, boys, that you have one last chance for pie. It's
1: almost up. <laughs> um and mine's obvious too yeah you're phoebe the phoebe i'm Ru- i'm obviously rudy and mike no. you are phoebe the phoebe
2: mike, which one of us always talks about being in the goddamn club aren't i
1: that's me bro no A- anytime that you say it you stole it from me who stole it lies
0: from rudy. this is gonna tear us apart i'm just gonna go to. what the do you home. think
2: cassie which one of us phoebe which one of us is rudy
0: oh god it just sounds like it's really gonna tear you guys apart and it means nothing to me i don't know it you know, oh, God. I will say, Mike, Rudy, Ryan, Phoebe the Pheme. fuck? <laughs> yeah. I'm you really always up?
2: rolling up on my bike, sort of skidding and lighting a match on my leather shoe.
1: Rudy's right. always fucking up the recording of the podcast.
0: <laughs> it sounds kick-ass and so cool. All right, you guys, this question, though. Andre Gower's documentary, Wolfman's Got Nards, about the making of and subsequent cult following of The Monster Squad, is finally going to be released on October 27th. Neither the movie nor the doc is based on a comic book or a comic book property. But don't you think there are times when you should shove your stupid podcast, stupid rules up your own assholes and discuss the thing that needs to be discussed? And that is me from bro. at my name is Horace.
2: I fully agree with at my name is Horace. Great Twitter handle, which is, I assume, what it is. Uh, yeah, I think we should do this. I thought this came out years ago, so I was weirded out when I realized it's coming out very soon. Uh, I'm pumped. We should do it. We should either do a bonus episode or screw whatever Walking Dead eight shows we have to cover that week and do this instead.
1: <laughs> Cassie doesn't even know who Rudy, the scary German guy, and Phoebe the Phoebe, who they are. Mm-mm. So,
0: no idea.
2: Do you want to? Cassie uh I often wear a hat that says the monster squad and like a rude friend you've never asked me about it uh It's just cuz you guys is... talk
0: so much about it like I don't need to draw more attention to it when you are so proud of this thing like I don't I don't gotta add to that, that I'm just going to let you wear that's a good that point. And not care about it
1: that's, it'd be like Cassie going up to a vegan and saying, oh, tell me more about you being a vegan. Like They <laughs> already talk about it so much. Do you That's want to true. hear more?
2: That vegan and me, if you did ask me about my hat, would assume you're mocking us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't have any opinions on watching this thing. That's fine. But I do agree. Like, they Sometimes maybe we should shove our podcast rules up our own assholes and like, no, I'll agree no. with you
1: there. <laughs> no. Rules are there and they're not meant to be broken. There's abs- I, I'll do a bonus show if you guys want to but it is not based on a comic book it is not based on a comic book property and I am fucking freaking out right now
2: We can, I mean it could be loosely connected to what is it, Wolfman at Midnight or whatever that old Marvel comic is
1: it's Werewolf at Midnight Werewolf it's, Werewolf at, mid- I, it's me. Werewolf at Night
0: how
2: dare you uh, but I'm pretty sure at some point Werewolf at Night had nards so it's, it's Werewolf by Night
1: it's Werewolf by Night
2: well I mean I guess lawyer by
1: day
0: Ryan is the most, like, he's going to yell the most, so if we do do it, I guess it's got to be a bonus episode. Unless you listeners email us, let us know if you want us to cover this desperately, then you can overrule Ryan's crying, and that's the only way we'll get past it.
1: Um, I I do want to, if we do a bonus episode, though, I do want to see Cassie's opinion, because, first of (laughs) all, she's too old to watch The Monster Squad for the first time. And she has this thing where she only likes really good stuff and absolute trash, and I don't know if The Monster Squad fits into either one of those, Mike.
2: It is really good trash. <laughs> if as long it's gotta live up
0: to I got a high level of trash that it has to reach in order to get my love and that's adoration. not true. You like
2: Katie Keene. Exactly. That's <laughs> you like a high boring level. Of garbage. Trash.
0: High level of trash, peak trash, and we can see I, now I gotta see if it lives up to Katie Keene. I'm gonna watch it on my own. I don't even care. All right. Cassie, you guys, do
1: you know I, the three ways to kill a werewolf? No. Silver bullet.
2: Silver bullet.
1: Uh Handsome. Dynamite up the ass, sunlight. It's dynamite up the ass,
2: <laughs> and sunlight. Yeah. Of course. Georgia, only way it was silver bullet. <laughs> it's
0: dumb. Okay, you guys, our next email is from Freakzoid231 at Hotmail. It's addressed to Dear Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Does anybody know do we, the difference we between Snapcrackle Crackle, up? and Pop? They're a unit to me.
1: I'm Pop, no. for sure.
2: Snap and Crackle, I think, are very close personality-wise, and Pop is the douchebag, so I'll agree that Ryan's Pop.
0: <laughs> all right, and that's all that matters. Uh, is there a name you're more attracted to between Snap and Crackle?
2: I think you th- keep things snappy, and uh, okay. when I p- talk, people assume it's audio issues, because there's a Crackle in the background. Mm-hmm.
1: I always and thought you- it was just two dudes. I thought it was Pop and his friend Snap Crackle.
2: <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> All
0: right, you guys. So the question is, why do you think we haven't gotten Nova in the MCU yet? Who would you want to play him? Love me. And that is from ourmama
2: at AOL.com.
1: Tom Holland, of course. Tom Holland is the answer to every who should play this person.
2: But he- he's already in the MCU.
1: Don't care. Uh, he's taking over Nathan Fillion. In fact, so much so that uh, the char- the main character from the Uncharted video games is based on Nathan Fillion. His first name is Nathan and now Tom Holland is playing him because Nathan Fillion is too old. So yeah, he's old. Nathan Fillion is my answer.
2: Wow. We went on a journey there. You went like an old sort of Yay. out of shape Nova. I, I think who could like, I don't know. Is Darren Criss too old? Do they have to be younger than Tom Holland at this point?
1: I think right now. Yeah. Because you want to lock somebody in for like 10 movies and you can't do that if they're like 34.
2: That does make this hard to answer. Cause I don't know. I guess I'm remiss. I don't know that many childhood actors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to say like Brody from Lock and Key. He's not good.
0: Oh God, no! You, Bodie? Mike, No,
2: Bodie. I said I don't want to say. Oh, the 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 the, uh, the Stranger Kids things. The so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. gonna I, I think Lucas doesn't get enough to do. I'm gonna say Lucas from Stranger Things.
1: Finn Wolfhard?
2: Nope, Lucas. Lucas. Shouldn't it
1: be Jay Z? Don't they? Don't people? Every time he's walking down the street, isn't everybody Nova, like Nova? Nova. Nova. <laughs>
0: It could be, if we got to pick a child, I'm going to say, I don't know the actor's name, but the kid from um, I Am Not Okay With This, who plays a dad, uh, I would go.
2: Wait, the really young kid? Yeah, that really young kid. talks like a (laughs) 40-year-old? Liam. Or Nova has a bubble pipe and is in a bathrobe.
0: (laughs) So if we got to go young, I'm going to go him. And if we're allowing old picks, I'm just going to say Nick Cage because he's a good throw-in. I know nothing about the character, but you know what? Nick Cage could bring an energy to it.
2: He's space Spider-Man.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: Cassie. I, I think you. I think you have a new go-to, by the way, Cassie. Instead of Nick Cage, I, I, I thought for sure you are going to say Luke Wilson, and <sighs> Luke going? Luke Wilson should definitely be Nova's dad or yeah. the former Nova, right? Because I do think that Nova gives his kid or his kid finds his old helmet. Richard Ryder, maybe I am getting that right, and Richard Ryder should be Luke Wilson, and then his kid finds the helmet.
2: Richard Ryder is I hate to do this, but Richard Ryder is the OG Nova that the John C. Riley plays the guy who is dying and gives his helmet to the Earthling.
1: You don't hate to do this. You fucking love to do this.
2: But like if I don't do it sort of kindly, the fans will email in an uproar.
1: What I thought you were gonna do is What I thought you were gonna do is say, like, I hate to do this, but Richard Ryder's name, that would be Dick Ryder, and yeah, that guy wants to write a dick. That's what I thought you were gonna say.
2: No, I just was correcting you to the fun of no one.
0: Man, uh, you guys Which both is
1: are Nova as fuck. Maybe Mike should be Nova. The fucking the <laughs> fucking you, uptight dude. narc of the Marvel universe.
2: Yeah, he is a space cop, so maybe that's why they're not introducing him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys, our next question addressed to Dear Scuttle, Sebastian and Flounder. So, real quick, figure uh, out these ones.
2: I based on roles and the horribly offensive accent, Cassie is Sebastian.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: She does sound a lot like him.
2: Uh,
0: I don't remember Scuttle. I, who is Scuttle? Is Scuttle the is the,
2: That's he, the, yeah, seagull, he's the yeah. tweaked out seagull. Oh man, uh, who gives great advice? Uh, I'm
1: definitely Scuttle, and Mike, you're definitely Flounder, who everybody no. thinks is young and cute, but is actually a piece of shit, piece and of just shit person, doing
2: nothing but looking down her little shell bikini the whole movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys have a weird take on movies. I can tell you this.
2: Yeah, we watch them and pay attention. <laughs>
0: Sick burn, wow, wow, thank you for that. Alright, our next question. <laughs> they want to know if your essence was turned into a type of milk, what milky type would it be? And that is from at Milky Good Boy four eight four zero three four
2: six two three four two three four eight
0: two three four eight two three eight four. Wow, they got that one. Yeah, they <laughs>
2: take <got laughs> that, pe- <laughs> that number down. <laughs>
0: they locked it down, Milky Good Boy.
2: I would like the FBI to go to Milky Good Boys' house right now because they worry me, and I'm vanilla oat milk.
1: Oh, I was going to say oat milk. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take oat milk then, even okay, though Mike guys, said it before me. You
0: guys think I'm you guys are the milk. best alternative milk there is? You guys are instantly going to go to oat milk, the ultimate, the best,
1: top-tier is, milk? Is oat really that good? Well, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking that I am the Irish one, and so oat milk sounds like O-milk. Oh, Like, I'm patio milk. Ryan oat so.
2: milky <laughs> Okay. Uh, I just went with what I drink mostly because almond milk, uh, as we all know, kills the earth with how much water almonds take. Mm-hmm. Uh, soy milk—I don't know if it's true, but everybody says men shouldn't drink too much because it could throw off their estrogen.
1: Yeah, I no, believe that. Believe that shit. And uh, soy boy, you fucking. And oat soy milk boy. is
2: delicious.
0: There is still just the normal it's milk, so like I could. Yeah, see no, like-
2: that makes me shit my brains out. I can't. I can't <laughs> do it.
1: Well, that isn't that what you like that could be your personality Mike. It's just somebody who makes other people shit their shit brains out.
2: You know what? Yeah, chocolate milk. I fill you with protein and make you shit your brains out.
0: That's I I was going to say strawberry milk for you just cuz it's it's like a more fun take on it. It's not naturally Ooh. there. I could see a strawberry milk for you.
1: And I'm, I'm not
2: naturally anybody's friend. I like it.
1: <laughs> I've seen who I've seen who Mike follows on like Twitter and Instagram, and he is definitely protein. So that that does make sense. Uh, what's the full? What's the hundred percent milk? It's just whole basically milk? like th- thick ass cream. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. be whole ass milk.
2: Yeah, Cassie, that's, what about you?
0: I, I don't know. I was gonna say oat milk because top tier, but you can like, have oat milk. All oh, right, yes. I guess
2: that's why you bullied us both out of 100%. it. one hundred percent. I had
0: to be the oat milk. <laughs> Fuck you guys.
1: That was I'm politicking. A... <laughs> that,
2: that is a total oat milk move. So I respect it.
0: Fuck you guys. All right. One quick question again. This is addressed to dearest Schnookums, Crass, and Milk. Uh, milk? And milk? Milk? And Milk, yeah, which we know each of our milks now.
1: Schnookums is a dog from the Muppets? Who is, is who, are th- who are these people?
0: I don't know. Schnookums, Crass, and Milk.
1: Well, I guess we still have to decide. And Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I'm as clear- the top tier Milk, I'm going to say I'm Milk.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: uh, who's which one of us is more crass?
1: That's probably me. Ryan, you can be talked sure about eating I don't want to be snack pack
0: out of an ass. So I think it's gonna be him. That's,
2: I think that's a Schnuckums move. <laughs> Very sweet.
1: Just to be clear, I don't eat snack packs out of people's ass. I eat people's ass, and I call it snack packing. That's totally different.
2: <laughs> that is definitely a rap line.
0: <laughs> Just to be clear, hold on one second. I gotta clear this up. Alright, well you guys, they wrote, I call, I call again, I text since you taught me how to do that. I leave long detailed voice messages, clearly telling you when I'm free for you to call me back. I even tried to FaceTime, but you're never... You never call your dear Mima back. My internet is out and I need groceries and your mother said you'd be helping me with that. Did I tell you what my neighbor friend's grandson does for her? He washes her car last. He washed her car last week when it was still so hot and was in these little red shorts that reminded me of ha- that show you used to come over and watch after school and you said your mother said you could watch it even though it was risque, but not to ask her about it with jasmine bluth and peggy anderson that's not right they were lifeguard detectives and then we would go to the bathroom for our, you would go to the bathroom for hours saying you were playing lifeguard detectives anyways call me when you get your chance miss you boo bear uh p.s this is your grandmother how do i send how do i hit send and it cut off right there who's grandma who was teaching right. grandma to do this
1: so we should probably tell the audience that the three of us did apply once the, once the quarre hit uh, to adopt a grandmother, just a very lonely woman. Her name is Bertsy, and the three of us signed up for it, and we adopted her, and then we never yeah, forgot. talked it's to her okay. <laughs> again.
2: And <laughs> I, I think you can see why. She's uh, well, yeah, gone, she's man. a...
1: She's She's a cunt, but uh, I, thought, I thought somebody was going to quarterback, like, who, which of the three of us are going to hang out with her, mm-hmm. and I thought that was going to be Cassie, Cassie thought it was going to be Mike, Mike thought it was going to be me, none of us did it.
0: No, I, I simply... I I've heard that Producer
2: Dave's just been hanging out with
1: her. Honestly, and it sounds like, th- the way the email was written, it sounds like it could be Producer Dave writing the email, because <laughs> he's also lonely.
0: Well, it's a good thing we got Producer Dave around, we got to make sure, tell him to check up on her, and that is all the time we I have hope- for emails.
2: I am worried that she has no groceries. I do hope she figures yeah, that out totally at some point. Found, found
0: some
1: well, groceries. if she if she never gets groceries, we'll stop getting emails. So
2: oh, and never think about it again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, that took a dark turn at the end there. Let's see. If we do you can know bring what I'll
1: do well, here? I'll snack back her, which means I'll bring uh, pudding cups God. over to her house. Is oh what I mean
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. We you are, are crass. We simply have to move on. Next, we're going to be talking about the pool list, where we talk about all the other shows we watch this week. <laughs> The first show starting off our poll list this week is The Walking Dead World Beyond.
1: This week saw the premiere of The Walking Dead spin off World Beyond. Using the season 10 finale as a lead in, World Beyond tells the story of two teenage sisters trying to make it in what looks like the most advanced society we've seen yet, at least since the zombies took over. There are still zombies, but everything looks less post apocalyptic. Anyway, one sister's a good student. The other sister's a punk. But when they escape their town, then they escape their town along with their two mega nerd friends to go find their missing dad. And I bet they're going to learn a lot from each other along the way. Taste Buds, I ask you this. We'll get to the decision to just in general to make this show a YA show in a second. But let's start with the YA in general. Is this an effective young adult premise with affecting young adult characters?
2: I th- Yeah, I think it could be an effective young adult premise is... You like watching kids go through struggles, but what if there's extra struggles to go through? Totally cool. Uh, they are right now too a little too stock. We we don't have what once there's like romantic issues that we're super tied into, then I'm gonna be all about it.
1: And but like the, the I, I thought that the performer I thought the actresses were good, but the yes. the writing in and even with pilotitis, right? Even taking into consideration that this was they had a lot to do in very little time. Uh, there was nothing that was like, "Oh, I gotta watch these people, all of the ensemble, more than what I've seen already."
2: No, th- there wasn't that big hook, but it also was the best episode of The Walking Dead I've seen in twenty years. <laughs> okay, <laughs> man,
1: was it the was it the newness in general, or was it? Do you really think that this show has figured some? This particular uh, off brand has found something that maybe the other brand has lost.
2: Yeah, I think the issues they're dealing with are just very different than The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead because they are, they're caring about like their grades and the future and therapy and daddy issues uh, versus can we trust this group? There's still can we trust this group, but it's like a full fledged government. And that government gets drunk sometimes and wants to bond.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This, This is the part that I related to the most is that the government is here and they're obviously scary, right? And the lead sister, Iris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iris
2: and Hope, I think, are the sisters.
1: Iris and Hope. I'm I'm so shocked it wasn't Grace and Hope. Just to like really fucking pummel it in there. But um, she's like, no, no, no. Our our leaders are good, and I'm gonna be leaders. And the punk rock sisters like, oh fuck them, fuck them so hard. I'm gonna flip her off as hard as I can right when she lands, and she's gonna look right at my middle finger. It turns out that they are not to be trusted. What a what a shocking development. Yeah. yeah,
2: their their dad is off in the New Republic, somewhere in New York, we find out. Uh, and this is in Omaha, I believe. And he sends, like, secret missives. And it does look like he has unlimited space, but all he says is not safe. Don't, like, don't tell anybody.
1: <laughs> I love when you could just write a full-fledged email, but you act like it's a fucking telegraph. Yeah. Every, every sentence stop. had stop at the end of it.
2: Uh, but yeah, so both of their, both of the daughters do, do spring from the dad where the, the Iris, the good daughter is like going to be a biochemist and she's going to be a leader of the new Omaha and hope uses her dad's science brain to distill her own liquor of all kinds. She even makes champagne.
1: This, this villain, Mike is Julia Ormond. Does that ring a bell to you?
2: The character's name is that, or that's the actress?
1: That's the actress.
2: Uh, I recognized her but I couldn't place her
1: A uh, couple of things one, uh, Legends of the Fall Where she pulled ass so hard Not only did she get Aiden Quinn But a long haired Brad Pitt And then also in the Sabrina remake Not the Teenage Witch But just the, the remake of the old movie With Humphrey Bogart With Harrison Ford and uh, Greg Kinnear She played Sabrina She took over from really? Audrey Hepburn So in the in the mid 90s She was like a it She girl. was boffo box office and now she's here
2: now she's a Kate Mulgrew type
1: yeah that's what I kept thinking is (laughs) she grew directly into Mulgrew's body right like (laughs) that's just who she is now
2: but she she has a gravitas uh I do think she's more interesting than a lot of the walking dead's main villains I don't know zombies zombies. uh your your Negan's your whisperers uh your governor's I I don't know. Uh, maybe it is because teenagers are more fun to watch and go through things because it's more believable than when adults are being fucking stupid. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I was surprised how warmly I felt towards this show.
1: I kept feeling like I was about to feel like you, and then just never did. As I think, where I actually landed. Let me talk to producer Mike real quick before Cassie cuts us off. Is this a good idea for the franchise? Like they're hemorrhaging viewers, and instead of like trying to get the all of the older dudes, yes. That left to say, all right, fuck them. They're never coming back. Let's see if we can like make Joe Camel ads that cater to children to see if we can get them hooked on nicotine forever. Yeah, or Greg Nicotero forever, if you will.
2: Walkers are your daddy zombies. We deal with empties. Uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's very smart to get the teen set. Teens love anything that's made for them. They're idiots, and I think they'll chomp this up. There, there's there's two like there's your. Goody Two Shoes Girl who has more depth than you think she does. There's your Punk Rock Girl who has more depth than you think she does. And there's, do you want Stan from, do you miss Stan from I'm Not Okay With This? Here's a different corduroy suit wearing boy who's a little pretentious but you'll fall in love with. And here's like a big hulking, different kind of very nerdy dude. And you'll grow to love their Walking Dead Hodor as well.
1: I guess. I don't know. I don't think... I think this will click with nobody. I don't think that the kids will watch it. I don't think that the adults will watch it. I think that this is really... it's Like, it's too boring for the age that they're going for, and it's too childish for the age that they wish they had back. I think that this is a misstep.
2: I, I think, really, that they're making all these crazy Walking Dead plans, and I think, in three years, we will never have to talk about The Walking Dead ever again.
1: Real quick, Mike, uh, you're a fan of the character Faith from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah. Who only talked like a fucking uh, like moron?
2: Gumshoe from the forties.
1: <laughs> and here we have Huck. Who? Five by uh, five. Huck? Uh, yeah. What did that mean, by the way? Oh, I gotta uh, go five by five.
2: I think it's when you, the in and out secret menu, and you're very hungry, you get a five by five.
1: <laughs> what? And Faith, she called sex like bumpy. Oh, if you want to get bumpy, we can get bumpy. S- Something like that. Just terrible. Uh, Huck, we have here, she is the partner of the security guard, who is the guardian of the two teenagers, and she talks just as stupid. They decided that, oh, she's going to use slang, and it's fucking, it's it's so cringe-inducing bad.
2: Who knows what slang 10 years after the zombie apocalypse Good point, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, good point. (laughs) It's weird that nobody's saying uh, yeet, or whatever else the kids are saying. I can't believe um, yeet
0: didn't make it still.
1: Yeah, this uh, show does not have a yeet infection.
0: God. All right. Well, Ryan, I'm actually going to start with you because it sounds like you didn't like it as much. Did you have a moment of the week?
1: Yeah, my moment of the week, Mike brought up um, the punk girl Hope. Um, typically, when you make your own alcohol illegally or, like, as moonshine, it's toilet hooch. It's just disgusting shit that you can make in a bathtub, and it's whatever you can find. Uh, she had multiple varieties, including perfecting champagne. Uh that is impressive. So impressive that it impressed Julia Ormond, which uh, I've heard is hard, hard to do. do.
0: And Mike, you got a moment of the week?
2: Yeah, uh, the I think it's Iris who goes to therapy, uh, and her therapist is dying, uh, and her therapist is trying to get her to chill out, stopping Leslie nope and just be a teenager, and says, "Your head is shoved so far up the future's ass, you've abandoned the now," and just like, I like a therapist you like. <laughs> T- tells it like it is. is it, it made straight. me laugh. It was It was a stupid line, but it also made me like that therapist character who, you know, then died.
0: Oh, of course.
1: Shockingly, right. by the way. Could not see that coming.
0: <laughs> All right, The Walking Dead World Beyond plays on AMC if you want to watch our next and final show of the week is The Boys.
2: This week's The Boys is all about fucked-up families, as Starlight's dumbass mom calls Vought to tell them Annie needs a break from heroing, causing them to b- both to get kidnapped by Black Noir. Butcher goes to see his mom and dad, and Homelander introduces Stormfront to Becca and Ryan. Taste buds, I ask you this. Is there anything more depressing than a kid recreating the blindside in stop-motion Legos?
1: Oh my god. <laughs> this episode did the impossible? Which made me think, like, Homelander, get this kid out of there. Like, (laughs) this fucking dweeb. And you guys know how I hesitate to use that word. Dweeb. Uh Looks at his mom and her fucking shitty movie taste and then recreates (laughs) Legos about it. They're probably having sex. If I know the boys, Ryan and his mom are having sex. And Homelander save this kid's life because he's going to be the dweebiest dweeb of dweebtown.
0: It was the only thing that could make it sadder was showing it to your dad, who is the most powerful super being on Earth, yeah. and have him judge you over your shoulder of your creation that you're proud of. The only thing that could have made it sadder, and they did that.
2: And your dad's super hot, super cool, super white supremacist new girlfriend he yeah. <laughs> just met.
1: But I gotta say, like it, Aya Cash did her thing, instead of being the, the typical uh, Gretch, like, this is the lamest thing I've ever seen... She acted like she was into it. Like she's in full mom mode for sure, right? Like Yeah.
2: She like she's like, Oh, Homeland Ryan's Homelander Son too, you don't get to tell mom. I'd be like, bitch, we just met, except you could kill me right now.
0: Yeah. That whole scene <laughs> Pushy like,
2: girlfriend for sure.
0: It was insane. It was so hard to watch to have like it's like a parent's worst nightmare to have like a piece of shit. Like, parents step in and to have one who you have no control over. And it's just straight up, like, from the instant. She was like, you can go ahead and call me mom. Like, Jesus. Oh, man, it's a
1: nightmare. My If my mom watched this scene, she would flip the fuck out about my past, my stepmom. And, guys, my stepmom's literal name was literally Karen. And... <laughs> This is exactly how she acted of like, no, you can do what you want and then smile and then make eye contact with my mom as she said it. <laughs> oh. It was fucking creepy to watch.
2: Was half her head shaved as well? Yes,
1: she did do the half head shave.
2: She had the Skrillex? That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh,
1: She was a trendsetter.
2: What What do you guys think boys, Is uh, what do they have to say about the effect parents have on their kids? Uh,
1: I mean, like, the other thing too, yeah, as you mentioned, Mike, was I do think all moms should watch this and stop meddling in their adult children's lives because if you do uh they're gonna blow the fuck out of the coffee shop that you're in and kidnap both of you just stop <laughs> stop like doing things in your adult's lives
2: yeah it was interesting injury- so that was Aunt- we already know annie's mom's messed up because she fully knew what vaught did with compound v and is just like not going away until annie says she's forgiven and so yeah. she calls Vaughn and says, you know, she's just a little stressed right now. A little... that's, I'm trying to, that's like somebody, like Nicole Kidman's mom calling this studio, like when they're making Australia or whatever big fucking movie and be like, you know, Nicole's just a little tired. Like she, she just can't right now. It's, it's insane. Yeah.
1: yeah and then uh, uh, what I would like the moms to think would happen with like Nicole Kidman's mom, when that happens, I would like her to think that 20th Century Fox goes to where they are Ex- like throw smoke bombs in and kidnaps <laughs> both of them because fucking don't call us with the fact that you think your daughter is a little tired
0: it is like they're taking like i feel like they took the doom patrol route where like you straight up like fuck up your kids because like every single parent we saw was just like the biggest dirtbag in a new way especially mm-hmm. like we got to see butcher's dad and then it was interesting to see the dynamic like they made it clear that Butcher is for sure like just as evil as Homelander because they were like his dad was like you're welcome for like how tough I made you by being an absolute yeah.
1: piece of shit, and which Hom- is classic abusive dad talk. Yeah, yeah, but
2: it's it, so the dad is obviously horrible, but the mom is also she's enablingly evil because she tricks. Butcher to come, because she says your dad's dad and his dad is very not dead. And then she's like, I know he's an asshole, but like it's obvious she's enabled for 40 years, however old Butcher is, that she's just been like, I know, you know how your dad gets, and doesn't yeah. leave his ass.
1: I don't know, though, dude. I think that she comes off better than Homelander, Stormfront, Ryan's real mom, uh, Butcher's dad, and Annie's dad. I think that Butcher's mom, of all the parents that we get, comes off the best, because she was like, at the end, she was like, I didn't care if you killed him. He's got two months. This was, I did this for you to just realize that like this thing that you're holding over your head and like feeling so bad about is fucking bullshit. He's worthless. And I didn't trick you to coming over there for him. I did it for you. And although that's manipulative, that's still kind of bitchy. That feels more mom. Like, like that's a good mom to me is like, I, I actually did really just do it for you instead of for my ego, which is what a lot of these parents are doing.
2: Right. But Becca, I don't know if Becca's doing anything for her ego. She's just in an impossible. She, Becca's Ryan's mom.
1: She let this kid watch all of her <laughs> shitty movies and then made him spend time making Lego fucking films about it. Mike, do you want to fucking retract your statement? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> the Blind Side.
0: The, I can't remember any of the other movies that were mentioned, but well, the Terms poll- of
1: Endearment, Dancing with Wolves.
0: Yeah, God, it was such a good pull. Uh. They this opening scene from this episode was oh yeah so like crazy to watch like it was so good and like it it really turned me around on this just because like it finally really did bring home what they're trying to do with this show and right. like the purpose of it and I hope like God I hope it works
1: I, yeah, yeah I so do have to ask you guys I don't know if this is like show analysis but oh sorry Mike go ahead. can you explain it for me.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, so the, the opening is the anatomy of an incel. Basically, it's uh, a string of Cash monologues, Stormfront's monologues, while this like very stereotypical basement dwelling, living with his mom kind of dude. Neil from uh, Community. Is it? Is that actually yeah. Neil? Yeah. Okay. So Neil from Community, now with a beard, uh, mostly on his neck, as you do, uh, is shows that he has a loving mom. He has like... A normal life or whatever, but he is just injecting Stormfront's propaganda into his ears 24 hours a day uh, to be anti uh, soup new supervillains or any sort of immigrant, and ends up killing the bodega guy he sees every day, who's pretty friendly to him, but because he thinks he saw light flash in his eyes once, he shoots him in the head.
1: And the the way the show does it is crazy because honestly, the three of us don't really think that flash was there, right? We think that that was Fox News created in Neil from Community's eyes that that flash was there to show that he was on Compound V. My question to you guys I know this isn't like analyzing the show, but just in general, do you guys think, like, we've heard a lot about how Amazon has said that, like, the boys season two ratings are blowing even Netflix shows away? Mm -hmm. That means, by definition, that these incels are watching this show. And of course they were because it's a comic book show. Are they picking up on what the boys is putting down? Is the boys, I I never thought I would ask that, this, is the boys too subtle about it, and therefore they're not understanding it?
0: It doesn't feel like when you're on the other side of it, you know, it seems like it's very clear, like, it doesn't seem like they're being too subtle, subtle, because it's straight up, like, this is what's happening, but I don't, I don't know, I can only hope, but, like... It's, they did so well of, like, a whole season of getting this type of dude into the show and talking about it to then have this season, like, flip it on him. I can just, I can only fucking hope.
2: Yeah, maybe it was subtle before, even though it wasn't really subtle. But this is, there's no way you watch this and don't go, wait, that's me.
1: See, you would think that there's no way, but I think there, there's a million ways. Because I think this type of person finds the ways to have media hit them in the ways that make them feel powerful. And then ignore the parts of media that make them rethink themselves, right? The, the, I think that the super subtle part about this opening segment was that the, this guy has, it lives with his mom, and the mom has it on in the background. So right. it, it's not even Neil from Community watching it. It's Neil from Community being around his mom who has it in the background, and yet it still seeps in. It still gets into his brain, and then he starts going online.
2: But so he has it on the background, and then it's on the TVs in public places. But it's also like he's listening to podcasts about it because mm-hmm. it gets louder when he puts his headphones in. So it is his choice as well.
1: It's a social dilemma.
2: It's one of those socials dilemma.
0: They do so. The end of this episode, we get to see that there is there straight up is no like judicial justice to be brought to these superheroes because the Homelander just blows everyone up when he sees it not going to go his way. So it's not, it's not Homelander. Homelander.
1: It's not, not Homelander, Homelander. dude.
2: He, you didn't see how shocked he looked. I thought he, he was, was targeting the hell. people.
0: I thought every time he turned, no. something blew up. I thought that was him targeting.
1: No, no we talked he about was this. Stunned. We talked about this last week about how it happened to Jennifer Esposito in like the second episode of the season. Her head exploded. Remember when the boys met with her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at the end of last episode, where we went, where we met Lamplighter, that chick with the shaved head was walking away. This is her power, oh. but she's. Well, she like did
2: stuff with her hands. So I guess this one could be head explode. I think it's a, th- a third character we haven't talked about yet or know about yet. But
1: we saw her do this thing to people who were in the asylum.
2: She wasn't head exploding there. She was just like crumpling their bodies.
1: Are you sure?
2: I'm pretty sure.
1: I'll never believe you. Well, either way, the, like it was the most affected we've ever seen Homelander, which was just barely like, oh, this is weird. And But still, he had that on his face, you know, like it's not him.
0: Man, it was an insane ending. I can't believe. Like there was just so much blood slipping around everywhere. It was unreal to watch.
1: But I think, like Cassie, the first thing that you said, I do think is true, which is we can't have normal hearings. Like mm-hmm. we're just right. in a world. Like that's the that's the thing between you know the boys and this real world is that we just can't have normal hearings. Something will happen. Somebody's head will explode in some metaphorical way where we just it just can't happen anymore.
2: Yeah. And they'll scream, "I like beer." <laughs> and they'll get the job
0: well you guys it was a crazy episode so i gotta go uh mike i'll start with you do you have a moment of the week
2: uh it was gonna be all the head exploding but so i, I will say uh, a through line we did not talk about was lamplighter and huey and it was like the most boys way of doing it but so we find lamplighters very into into porn and forces Huey to watch it but to get him to convince lamplighter to fuck over vat and save annie he has to say let's go fuck the wife because Lampelator is super into cuck porn. So I'm going to say that line as the aspirational coach speech.
0: It was, but then he had to Huey, Dewey, Louie it up, and he was, like, consensually. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I liked that. It was very good. That was the one I was, like, into, like... There wasn't a whole lot that was, like, the boys in this episode because they were doing bigger things. But, like, that storyline throughout it was, like, very the boys. And I was thankful for that. I never thought I would be thankful for superhero porn, but I was in this episode. Wow! So here I am. (laughs) And, like, that was going to be, that was one of my moments of the week. And the other one you mentioned in your your recap is just Ryan proudly showing his blindside Lego stop motion recreates. It's unreal. And uh, so, Ryan, what is your moment of the week?
1: I have a couple. One, uh, Butcher goes to, uh, what's his name, from The Wire's house to, after Lamplighter burns himself to death, he's like, oh, now you're going to go and uh, be a witness on trial, and then takes a big, long sip of tea while glaring at him, and there's just no tough way to drink out of a cup that small. (laughs) Butcher tries so hard, (laughs) but there is absolutely no way. Uh, Two, yeah, it's, it's just the porn just... I forgot about a time where dudes would just watch porn. I think the other thing that uh, Huey says is we can't watch porn during the day or when the sun's out, which is so true. (laughs) You can't do that. But my my true one, my real one is, I don't know, the boys always feels like it's this sort of barely a team, but not really. And then in this episode, it really felt like it. When the hearing started, they all gathered around the couch to watch, and they had popcorn made and then they had Annie's mom to, like, be the foil of, like, Annie's mom ke- it kept flashing to her, and she was like, this is so weird. But none of them thought so. You know, like, they're a family now. Like, they all – and they all sat in, like, a family, like, pose to mm-hmm. watch the TV. I thought it was adorable. Like, th- this was the Sears moment where we should go get pictures <laughs> of them doing that.
0: Oh, man. All right. The Boys is on Amazon. On um, that, you guys, that was our last show of the week. So it is time – The only thing left to do is, of course, plug some things. Mike, can you tell us about some websites?
2: Yeah, head over to yourpopfilter.com to get everything we put out. Throw a little slash Amazon on the back of it. bookmark it. That's how you shop at Amazon now. I've heard Prime Day is coming up. If you're going to do that stupid non-holiday, do it through yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon and get all your stuff and help us out a little. Just and like patreon.com slash your pop filter uh get extra content if you want extra stuff all the time if you want to hear the rousing two episode bear bracket that cassie put us through head over to your pop nope patreon.com slash your pop filter
0: <laughs> and i don't know if put you through is the right term i think we all enjoyed no, it bears. it's a very fun time uh ryan can you tell us about some other fun times on some other podcasts
1: Sure, if you like the Superhero Show Show and you've already subscribed and rated and reviewed it, that is awesome and we appreciate it, but there's a couple of other things we'd like you to check out. If you think that this show has too much Cassie, you just want more of me and Mike, go to Movie of the Year, where Mike and I are going to decide, not just decide, fight it out, duke it out, in comp- full-on gladiator competition style about what is the single greatest movie of any given year. Or, if you want more Cassie, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review... Unnatural Twenties, where Cassie and two of her friends decide what is the best type of dice to buy. I don't know. I've I have not listened.
0: Yeah, it's the metal ones for sure. They're just the most balanced, but you got to have a good surface to roll those on because it can it can mess up a soft wood, and that's for sure. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. This is not an episode of A Natural 20s. Well, Please okay. don't tell me about dice here. Well, dice she
0: got was really doing excited. a little commercial. I, just got yeah, really I appreciate because uh, I am
2: a fan of soft wood, so I, I like to know that yeah. maybe yeah. I shouldn't use it. You
1: got to put, put a protective Jesus.
0: mat down or something, man. It's really going to ruin it, but it's it's worth I have it. At my balsa
2: the... wood coffee table, I don't want to ruin.
0: Of course not, but the balance rolls, it's worth it. And uh, Mike, can you tell us about social media?
2: At Your Pop Filter, on Twitter, on Instagram. You know how social media works, morons.
0: That's right. And if you morons prefer email, you can reach out to us. It's contact at Your Pop Filter. (laughs) Uh, We love to hear from you guys, even though we call you morons all the time. So go ahead and reach out that way. Uh, And be sure to tune in next week. We got a big episode. We are going to be covering the season two finale of The Boys. Also, it's the return of Fear of the Walking Dead, another Walking Dead show we're gonna be throwing into the mix, and we're gonna see if the thing Netflix Sabrina was missing was a laugh track. Which what? I'm sure it's always a laugh track as we cover yeah, it's time we are gonna finally cover Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and I'm so excited. Yes. Cannot wait. It's gonna be great. Uh, be sure to tune in for that for Is that our my- first sitcom? It might be. I think
2: so.
1: How many times have we done a laugh track on this podcast? Zero. Uh, yeah, this is it, guys. I've never wow. reviewed a sitcom before.
0: It's big territory for us. So be sure to tune in for it. It's going to be fun. And for Mike, I'm Ryan for Rhino. Mike, for me, I am me. Nee. Bye, everyone.